0: Simulated life, ill drama, forthright culture, Americana, chained to the dream they got you searching for, the thin line between entertainment and war. We are Hottest One hundreds and thousands, and Godzilla has taken control of your radio station, <laughs> in which we talk about the songs that have been hot enough to be in the Triple J Hottest One Hundred. My name is... And I'm one of the four voices you're going to be hearing for the next hour or so. Joining me once again. I'm
1: not even going to pretend, man. My voice is not that good. <laughs> and Mr.
2: Mm. So, solemn nod <laughs> I'm glad we committed to that bit Yeah,
0: well half of us
3: coward
2: You just did a Read,
0: Yeah, just coward dog
2: Well I did hurt my throat So that's a great yeah. way to start an episode
0: <laughs> We're here for some uh, Scaly, horny songs that are Gonna chew through buildings You know, the usual Hello to all
2: our first time listeners Who have just heard a scream <laughs> So
0: sorry yeah, yeah. It's just like we, we so promise it's not in. usually like this.
2: <laughs> My throat actually really hurts. Mm.
0: I'm so sorry. I never did it. Do you want a strepsil? Yes. Okay, yeah, I'll get one. Thank okay. uh, you. In the meantime, let's talk about Manic Street Preachers. This is their song, which translates to, If you tolerate this, your children will be next, which is the letter that Godzilla leaves everywhere he goes. Is the Manics coming in at number 70, making their debut in the 1998 Hottest 100. That is a song entitled, If You Tolerate This, Your Children Will Be Next. Manic Street Preachers are, I guess, one of the more overlooked uh, kind of Brit rock, kind of Brit pop slash kind of bands. They've been around for about 30 years at this point. I think they started back in about... 1986 or so. So by the time this song comes around, they're well into like I think it's like their fourth or their fifth record or something like that. They've been they've been around for a hot minute. This is like a weird kind of commercial breakthrough for them because like at the end of the day, it's a still a very like somber, minor chord, depressing song. It just happens to have a super catchy fucking chorus that uh connected with people. You know, it's kind of weird to think about, but this for a period, held the same all-in-arms sing-along power of Don't Look Back in Anger or something like that. This was a big deal. This was a big song. In terms of, like, international stuff, like, they had plenty of big singles and stuff like that in the UK, but in the ROW, as it's known, uh, rest of the world, this is, like, their big song. This is what they're known for. In terms of, like, being a signature song of sorts, like, It's a curious one. I really, really like this song. This is a video I used to watch all the time, and it was fucking terrifying. There are people in this video with no faces, and it's spooky as shit. Godzilla would fear them. Like, that's that's how scary this video is. Whoa. It's mad (laughs) creepy. And especially if you're a fucking child, like I was, seven, eight years old, watching that shit, being like... Cause you're uh, next. Yeah, <laughs> I, was <totally laughs> I, I was the child that was yeah. next in the in this juncture. I've talked about this before, like the fact that so much weird stuff was coinciding together on like the charts around this time. I think is why I have such a diverse taste in music. This was on the charts at the same time as the Backstreet Boys and the Spice Girls and Bewitched and also Massive Attack and Marilyn Manson and Korn and, like, Faith Hill and Metallica on the charts at the same time, you know? Like, I think the fact that all of this was going on at the same time is kind of, like, what made me get into so much diverse music and... I see this as kind of an entryway into the the bigger echelon of of British rock bands for me.
1: It's super interesting the way that we've spoken about uh, like post grunge changing in the wake of grunge music dying out, and how the different bands play with their different attempts. Like how yeah. like Pearl Jam we went to more rock stuff, like Foo Fighters went like a like stadium sound, and this kind of sounds like a post Britpop thing. Sure, Britpop yeah. has had its major moments and like now this and also from this year uh pulps this is hardcore does it in a similar way oh, too, um, yeah. yeah there's like that sh- shimmering like overdriven kind of shoegaz influence guitar sound in in amongst this very poppy sounding song and like i'm not very familiar with my street preachers at all like mm. i'm I, I, this is one of the very few songs of theirs that i know yeah i haven't heard any albums of theirs or anything but it's very interesting in the way that they, they're playing with Britpop pop ideas but changing them into like a post blurb and Oasis landscape. Cool song. I really enjoy this. And also, we'll talk about the political version of the song, the instincts there, but it's very interesting, and I align with the politics of it as well. But it's a very fascinating song. I really like it. Just to
2: pick up on what you said, sonically, it is interesting because at the time uh, when they first got started, they were very much coming off The Clash as like a major kind of influence in that kind of punk sound. And they were doing that partly either, you know, this is what critics... Wrote in on them, or this was part of their agenda in the first place. Kind of going against shoegaze and shoegaze and um and down tempo really being the dominant kind of forms that were around at that time.
1: Yeah, well, I think <laughs> just the guitar effect is very like got that like the glider tremolo mm. thing. But um, it's mm. also funny because the popularity of Britpop was what kind of killed shoegaze and also made all the labels drop their shoegaze acts and stuff. But it's interesting mm. that there's a kind of coalescence here,
4: but it works really yeah. well. Yeah. Yeah. I kind of connect them to the Jesus and Mary chain in my head a bit from this mm. song, just yeah. like a little bit. I vaguely familiar with this song, but don't know anything else, but reading about them, they were like really heralded as like new, like edgy British yeah. rock. Yeah. Very, yeah. rock is back. Yeah. yeah. Very Defenders like anti-media oh, kind yeah. of thing, which yeah. is all the same sort of thing that was talked about when Jesus and Mary chain started, you know, who were these mm. like, these people that just didn't give a fuck and did whatever, and then you listen to Psycho Candy, you're like, oh, this is very lovely as well. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And, you know, it's the same with this song. You're like, oh, this is a gorgeous, lush song. But they've always been political as well. Like yeah. they,
2: they came straight out of the blocks,
4: and they also came straight
2: out of the blocks incredibly confident. They proclaimed that their debut album was going to be the greatest rock album ever and sell 16 million copies worldwide. It didn't, and it wasn't.
1: Say it's the greatest for a of all time that's what bands say but to say <laughs> you're going to sell 16 million coins is very so
2: specific yeah, yeah it's, it's a, very good it's a, it's a metric you can measure yeah, again
1: greatest rock album
2: ever is like oh, well it's Subjective, up to, yeah. to you whatever. it's like
1: 16 million dollars worth of one you, you either do that or you don't yeah. whoops they didn't um, it's very the, the, the politics of it I think is very interesting uh, the quote it's derived from uh, the Spanish Civil War and especially is, the Welsh involvement yeah mm. the, the um, Welsh and also all around the world volunteers were going to Spain to fight in a civil war that was preceded Leading after World War Two. It was uh, yeah. um the belligerents were like the the nationalists, like which were the fascists, and then the uh, Republicans or the communists and the anarchists. It's very interesting history there, um, and that's where like the line "If I can shoot rabbits, I can shoot fascists" was meant to be like a call to arms mm. to um, like if you're mm. just a hunter or a farmer and you know how to operate a firearm, you know how to defend the, the country from fascism.
2: Actual quote from a Welsh volunteer, yeah. for the Civil mm. War. Small ben,
4: brain shooting rabbits, big brain shooting, shooting fascists. fascists. Yeah.
2: <laughs> <laughs> um, and uh, the band have gone on record saying that that's one of their favourite <laughs> lyrics that they've ever kind of, even though it is
4: fantastic. They like, write it. Yeah. They interpolated it from a Welsh farmer <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 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 named
0: Tom good. Jones. Good. <laughs> good. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yes, the sounds In- of him on the front. <laughs> And then, of
2: course, that time that Tom Jones fought Godzilla.
1: Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Um, um, On the video, there's an intro and outro of a music box playing, and it's playing uh, the theme from the Internationale, the famous uh, leftist. Arise, you workers from your slumber. Like this old school communist song. And I'm pretty pretty sure
4: that the line, if you tolerate this, then your children will be next, was used in a lot of propaganda. Yeah, propaganda. Like
1: like pro-communist
4: anti-fascist
1: propaganda. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, just like it was a picture of of a a child that had died in the war. And it's like, if you tolerate this, your children will be next. It's time to rise up and fight kind of thing an
2: actual poster yeah yeah uh, it was based on again actual farmers actual posters
1: real shit no actors it's so interesting that like I guess it's decades after the um, Spanish Civil War had ended and it's very interesting that such a political pro-communist, anti-fascist song would be, like, housed in this, like, very accessible, lush, very well-produced piece of pop rock. It's very interesting that they would be able to do that. And, and, and it's all those things. Yeah.
4: yeah, and, and like, on a surface level, if you don't dig much past the chorus, like, it's just the catchy hook. You would never it, know. No, yeah. I mean, yeah, that's totally. anything. Interesting um, Clash reference, like, you mentioned them before, because it's, like, uh, Spanish, Spanish bombs. bombs.
3: Spanish Bombs on the Costa What's
4: also a great about song. the Spanish Civil War. Mm. Great song. We'll get many opportunities to talk about the Spanish Civil War, I'm
1: sure. But, but um, this episode alone, yeah. <laughs> um, but like, it's just like fascinating bit of history there, the Spanish Civil War. I'm sure you'll either get it from us or from Hardcore Histories.
4: <laughs>
1: we've, we've got you the covered. The two big history podcasts. Yeah. Hottest hundreds are all things for all people, as we documented with our Dan hundreds 100s 100s as in of centuries. And yeah, yeah, yeah. Horizon one hundreds of years, <laughs> <Hottest> thousands <laughs> of <these>. years. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> I'd listen, Mm. but this this is a very interesting (laughs) song. (laughs) But it's an interesting song for all all the political reasons, but also housing it in this way that's like an exploration of what Britpop and British rock can be in the wake of Oasis and Blur having had their already their big breakthroughs. Mm. I guess
2: Uh, this song is in the Guinness World Records as the number one single
0: with the longest title with the
2: longest title without brackets. I would love to be able to bust out what the longest title with brackets is, but Um. I cannot. Um. Before we, before we wrap up in this band quickly, can um relate the story of uh, how they got the name Manic Street Preachers? It came from when they were busking in Wales. Right. And um, apparently the some some guy, and this is how it's quoted um, in the story, came up to him and was like, what are you then, boyo, some kind of Manic Street Preacher?
0: That's very good. Yeah. That's a great way it's, to yeah. it,
2: That would be a thoroughly ordinary story if the word boyo wasn't, wasn't <laughs> yeah. in there. And, and in just, a
0: Welsh accent, too. Yeah. I just wanted to bust out my Welsh mm-hmm. accent. Tom so, Jones, uh, Tom Jones. Well, this
1: isn't... Uh, Tom Jones, Tom Jones. Just on longer songs, I don't know if it was made number one, but I did read number one in the Netherlands. Um, the studio group Stars on 45, and their song, which is often referred to as Stars on 45, its official title is actually called Medley. Intro, Venus, Sugar Sugar, No Reply, I'll Be Back, Drive My Car, Do You Want to Know a Secret? We Can Work It Out, I Should Have Known Better, Nowhere Man, You're Gonna Lose That Girl, Stars on 45. So... That's a much longer title. Oh, it slashes was... next to them. Yeah, because yeah. it's a medley. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. yeah. That's amazing. It's mm.
1: not a very good title. No, that's why it's called Stars on 45 more regularly.
2: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> do we ever get to talk about the Manic Street Preachers again? This is the only time. Yeah, right. Yeah,
0: yeah. like I said, oh, they, were, they were a triple platinum kind of band in the UK. And then kind of like, yeah, we do okay here. <laughs> so oh, do you- they're, their audience here, like when they tour, is like ninety. 5% uh, English and Welsh people
1: All huh. oh, the boyors it's, so it's, it's like our native uh, our pink it's not very really beginning yeah. real but it's huge, <laughs> in, it's huge in native Australia <laughs> <laughs> well I guess um, a
2: couple of other just things about the band and before we move on to them entirely because there's a there's a wow, long, there's a really really tragic story that goes along um, concerning one of their members Richie Edwards now he'd been suffering with kind of personal problems throughout the band for like you know, since they kind of began. But he actually disappeared in um, ninety five and had to be declared presumed dead only in two thousand and eight when it that's came to statute, like the statute,
1: yeah. Well they never found the body.
2: They found the car which had had signs that he had been living in it for a while. And he, like, disappeared on the time when they were, like, about to begin a tour or something very significant for the band as well. But fittingly, we've heard of times, more recently, Dave, you talked about it, the Prophets of Rage show, how they played Like a Stone and they had a microphone set up in honour of Chris Cornell with no one standing behind it. It's a well-known tribute. And they do that at every single gig that they play. They have a mic set up in, um, in Richie's honour that just stands... Mm. on stage for him it's very sweet and yeah. obviously very sad mm. yeah yeah but it's a you know an interesting thing the band's still active now as mm. well I I say have they put out a record this year have the, David, such a
1: long time David, have, the, have they got an album that's classified as like mm. the Manic Street Preachers record like Hi. is there something oh, that Holy I should Bible. check out right
2: well, that's the one I've heard, heard of heard. yeah that's that's the most well regarded Holy Bible is, that, is Holy, this on that no nah. uh, Holy Bible came before yeah, yeah that was
0: 94 yeah. um, so this yeah. was their fifth record uh, this is my truth tell me yours I guess anything from that kind of era, like those three records, holy Bible, everything must go, and this is my truth. Tell me yours, yeah, um that kind of run was like very, very big in the u k yeah, like right. kind of chart topping like platinum selling kind of band all right, uh, so we've just talked about number seventy Manic Street preachers, and we've got uh, number sixty eight coming up next uh the Dandy Warhols. Uh, oh, on a a bit com- of a forward sell there. Yeah, but uh, in the meantime, this is Pollyanna. This is Cinnamon Lip. Well, uh, David, what number would that be? Um, let me do some quick maths. So if you've got 70... This isn't maths, it's, it's counting. Um, it's a kind counting of is a counting, a kind counting is, is, math. is totally exactly <laughs> maths. <laughs> it's, the, it's the quickest maths. Four, five, six, maybe no, I'm good at maths. <laughs> 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 Oof. So if we got number 70 so we've we've done that right and 68's coming soon. Yeah. <laughs> fucking hell. Which <laughs> means we are this is going to be a double episode <laughs> just for length. <laughs> length just oh come on. Wait wait a minute. Jesus. Wait a minute. It's number 69 baby. <laughs>
3: Send him a lip You'll wear the in his house When you try A pair of five on Sipping You'll feel just like a safe
0: time Coming in at number Well, you know uh that was cinnamon lit. Also this
2: is our worst 69 <laughs> celebration. Hey, hey.
1: Well, at least like
2: hey. we've done so well in every other countdown have to have a
4: bit of a Yeah, we've had a bit of a It's a moment. Had a bit of a laugh.
2: We've had it we've yeah. Had
4: a bit we've shared a laugh, we've but, shared a cry. As always in this podcast, we never let it get indulgent. <laughs> no, yeah, that's true.
1: the beauty of the podcast is that we never let it overshadow the discussion of the songs.
0: <laughs>
4: no we all enjoy a joke but it's not what we're here for yeah. it's like very
0: you know guys mean. we've had a lot of fun today yeah. but...
4: there's <laughs> nothing fun about the Spanish Civil War well. <laughs> <laughs> if I had to use one word to describe this podcast it'd be lean <laughs> this season especially has oh been our leanest yeah. season if
0: I had to pick a, a word to describe this podcast that's a tough one I think I'd probably have to go with <laughs> Nathan what do you think of this song?
4: Oh boy. I feel like it's already been removed from my memory.
2: <laughs> you
4: listened to it like a few seconds you know, ago. No, right? just For context. Moved so this is the third time we've talked about Pollyanna. We talked about two really? Pollyanna songs yeah. in season three. Yes. I don't know if you remember season three back in Vaguely our Salad Days of Youth. Um we talked about Pale Grey Eyes and Lemon Suck. They were both. I in do not their, remember those songs in their, at their, all. If you if you
2: want to remind yourself of what you said about those songs, there is an audio record.
4: Oh, Oh, that's right. Yeah. Did you know that you can even go to Wooshka, the platform our podcast is on, and search Pollyanna, and all three episodes that have Pollyanna in them will show Mm. up? Including including this one. Including this one, that's right. So this is Cinnamon Lip. Uh, This is the third Pollyanna song we're talking about. I think, and we kind of said it at the time as well, like, all three of these songs are just like solid Australian rock songs. Mm -hmm. Yep. There's something missing, though, and I don't know what it is, but it kind of speaks to this band never surpassing... This, like, we've talked about it a few times, which is, you know, meant... Bands would kill to be in the hottest 100 yeah. three times, but it's just like, who are these guys in 20 years on? Like, I yeah, think- you, you can fully tell they're like, they're a band who I would gladly see
1: opening for a UMI or a Jebediah or a Greenspoon, yeah. and that's it. Yeah, and that, I'm not trying to drag them too no. hard. It's, for, it's perfectly serviceable Australian 90s rock, and I have a huge soft
4: spot for Australian 90s rock music. Yeah, and I think honestly, I like this is quite catchy, I think, yeah. versus like it's it's it sounds good like it rocks it rocks hard like yeah. yeah
2: and you've hit on one of the mysteries and indeed tragedies that we, you come up against sometimes with music particularly on a local level it's like what isn't there? Yeah,
4: yeah. Like any and art, it's, it's right? So like, hard. yeah. Like people will come to your shows and people will vote for your songs, but it's just like, why? Yeah, I don't know. Because I, I like this song. Like, it's just straightforward nineties rock music. Mm. I guess the more pertinent discussion
1: is why are we describing it in those terms rather than talking about like we'd never had this. when We talk about Berlin Chair. Yeah,
4: like, yeah. You know, when we're talking about you and or something for Kate or anything like that. Like, there, there's a point of difference that mm. like a spark or whatever. But numerologically, the name might not be right. Oh yeah. What do you reckon? Well, Pollyanna is uh, an optimist, I think. Yeah. Um, yeah, what is
2: the what is the I cuz I've heard the term it's like like a
4: Pollyanna I, around. It's... Yeah, there there was like a 1950s Disney movie about a girl called Pollyanna who was just like ever the optimist or something. Looking at my notes here, I um just peek
1: behind the curtain here. We bring notes to the show. Um <laughs> this is what we get with preparation. <laughs> yes. So um Yeah, with, I, we're I, like the like,
0: opposite of who's line.
1: <laughs> yeah, we, we with um with the name here. The uh note that I have written for myself here is um Sixty nine, Pollyanna, make a joke about that because it sounds like <laughs> a sexual position or, or orientation. So Pollyanna, wait, wait, no, no, what that, do you that, that's the note. I forgot to revise what, the what, notes. Are, what are you
0: talking about, dude? What's the
1: thing with the number? Uh, sixty nine. Um, bit of an internet joke. To, they call it the sex number. There's a no oh, reason for right. it. It's just like something the internet decided, and it's just very yeah. funny. It's a good meme. Good meme. I mate. think at one point there was a list of words and you,
0: sex, sex was, was sixty nine. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah.
1: <laughs> just have, alphabetically.
0: Have, have you ever have you ever done it?
1: Been on the internet, yeah. Sometimes, <laughs> what's yeah. it like? It's depressing mainly. I guess it's a <laughs> yeah. shit show. No, it used to <laughs> be great. Yeah. Have you ever done a 69? I've, um, I've counted to it, so yeah. I've <laughs> yeah, nice. Yeah, true. Yeah. yeah, nice. But yeah, this song, right? It's like it's not like anything is wrong with it in any way. There's no. It's not a piece of crap. It's not like boring. No, it's, it's good. Like, it's if, a
2: good song. You know what the perfect thing for this song would be? An opening montage to a 90s high school show. Mm. The just before the show actually starts and we show the shows the cast and they're all like laughing and smiling and yeah, then the yeah. last one always the last one is like a dog and it's like and <laughs> Buddy as yeah. himself yeah, yeah. introducing yeah. Buddy yeah, and like then it's kid. just like a group shot of them like all high fiving or walking on a yeah. beach or, yeah. or chucking a football chucking a f- yeah, yeah, yeah 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 it's just like listen to the song you just imagine like smiling teenagers over the top of that mm. what's the show called you reckon. 69 high.
1: Okay, good. <laughs>
0: <laughs> do you like this song, Dij? It's fine, man. Honestly. Yeah, right. It's just like, oh, cool, bit of power pop. It's wild that I got this fucking high. I know that this isn't a particularly high number, but uh, for all intents and purposes, you know, this has beaten several popular songs. It's true. Uh, including uh, mm. the Ballad of Tom Jones. You really do gotta wonder, like, how this kind of, like, snuck in amongst the greats. Yeah. Of the countdown.
4: I reckon at the time, and this isn't a dig, but I reckon Pollyanna would have been described as a hard working band. Oh a lot. sure. That's in my notes. Yeah, right. Yeah, <laughs> they
2: sound like a working horse band. They yeah,
4: would have played every other like, the weekend. Would, totally. They would have just like been touring a whole bunch and just like doing fairly well off it, I guess, but just never cracking it into that next level. They played homebake, they played Big Day Out. Like mm. and did like I think their position here does represent
2: like a real strong Love, maybe we're being dicks. There. Maybe, maybe like, yeah. well, like, no, are you is, in Pollyanna? Give us a call. It's the thing is, like, it's weird because outside of doing this podcast, outside of looking at the list for the hottest one hundred, I would not have heard of this band. Three entries is nothing to sneeze at, and then you come to this song, and it's like, it's good. It's a good song, but there's just something that stops it from being mm. remarkable or standing the test of time.
4: There's a comment on the the YouTube clip for this song. Um, from one John Hastings saying, How does a band this good not make it? Man, like, bold to have your real name on your YouTube channel. Yeah. Maybe it's not yeah, yeah, true on sure. yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's right. So, for some people, obviously, they have a big attachment to them, and we're just dragging them. I don't
2: think, I'm not dragging them. Like, I, I, w- I the son- would love to know why it is that I can't like it more because I, like, I think they deserve to be liked more. I think mm. they. You know
4: what? I, do you know what I mean? Like that seems like a weird thing to say.
1: Yeah, but no, I get because everything about it is a well-written
4: song and yeah. a well-made song. And you're like, well, why works? don't I love it? Yeah, this is it. This is the last time we talk about them. So
2: thanks for being but, yeah, here. Yeah, like do for, what you do like, It's not been bad by any means. It's
4: been good. Some cool songs.
0: <laughs> and number sixty-eight it is The Dandy Warhols with "Everyday Should Be a Holiday." Coming in at number 68 in the 1998 Hardest 100. Andrew. David. You like chewing up giant buildings and terrorizing cities at large. What are we'll, your thoughts on the Dandy Warhols? Well,
1: we've spoken about them before, obviously. Um, and this is from the same album that uh, Not If like Your Last Junkie on Earth was which on. Which was
4: your champ for yeah, like most yeah. of the season. It's one of my
1: absolute favorite songs. Um, yeah. And the, that album is the Dandy Warhols Come Down, which is the, the album of theirs I go back to like at all um, mm. yeah I and mean, this is the, actually the song right after Junkie on the track list um, obviously it's cut from a similar mold got that fun kind of psychedelic power pop stuff going on there it's obviously not as good if song as Junkie um, which is just a remarkable but this is really fun I'm a total sucker for Courtney Taylor Taylor's voice most of the time I just think mm-hmm. there's something about his like he has kind of like an androgynous Queerness to his voice That I really you like English Please, it's, it's Courtney
0: Taylor Taylor's Voice voice Yeah <laughs> just like, just like, just like,
1: The guitar line Throughout that is really excellent mm-hmm. Um, The chorus is like Fun sing along like, It's so summery It's so summery yeah. yeah I very much like this song I could definitely See myself voting for this Because like It's a Dandy's track And it was available To be voted for So i have that thing Yeah I just think this is Danny Warhol's doing What they did so well On that album Which was merging Their kind of earlier kind of drudgy uh, power pop things with psychedelic pop music and I just think it works fantastically. You know what I love about this song? Tell me.
2: I know you're
0: going to but let me, I, well, I, I just really want
2: to know. just <laughs> say like I'm going to become a mid-2000s indie guy and put on my Meriwether Post Pavilion shirt but I'm already wearing an LCD sound system <laughs> shirt yeah. so it's kind of like well, I'm just why bother? Yeah,
0: yeah Weird Al is just looking at you I'm like I can't parody this. <laughs> <Yeah>.
2: <laughs> but this I love this because I feel like in this track, the Danny Warhols are drawing upon the Beach Boys in the same way that Animal Collective draw on the Beach Boys. <laughs>
1: There's definitely a bit of that for sure, yeah. This
2: could have... If you slow this down a little bit or just mess with the tempo or just make it just a little bit weirder, it's a panda bear song. Yeah, mm. fully, yeah. So, like, Huge. I just get it from that point of view. I really like this song because of those associations. Like, you're, those neural pathways in my brain are already just, like, they're big grooves and it's just slots right into there and so, like, all the work is done. This is ready-made for me to love. <laughs> <laughs> and I do, so... Yeah, it is... Yeah, it, no it, shit,
1: yeah. That um, vaguely... Not like electronic sound, but they're vaguely kind of like synthesized presence in the song. It's yeah, really the, 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 wonderful stuff. Yeah. yeah totally. It's like that
4: with the real like swirling of the guitars and then how the the vocals are layered. It's just, it's just Ben It is like, yeah, it is. I yeah. mean, like, which is just like, I guess, psychedelic. But yeah, this is a gorgeous song. It's super fun. Its summary. I'd like this at like a festival set mid afternoon. We'd just be like, bring it on, perfect, yeah. right? Like, and yeah. like a crowd of people singing. Every day should be a holiday. Yeah, yes, please. Yeah,
1: yeah. This is a fantastic song. It was also on the um the Something About Mary soundtrack. Oh, great, of course it was. Yes, yeah, really. Yeah, so that explains the line in there where it says, "There's just something about Mary."
0: There's yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just something about Mary, Mary,
4: <laughs>
0: <laughs> starring Ben
4: Stiller. Stiller. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I feel that um, Dandy's... Well, they have got some excellent tracks and huge hits. They're always more of a band that I will flirt with rather than be like, yes, I love listening to Dandy's Discog. But this is a very good album and this is a top tune. I'm always... Yeah. Oh, Same. yeah,
0: obviously. It's just pure sunshine. Mm. Like, the second it comes on, it feels like like Heart of Glass. It's like a total roller disco, you know? It's just a pure joy to have on. That's where dandies have always succeeded the most for me, where they just have that kind of immediate sugar rush electricity, where you're just like skipping down the road listening to them, you know. Like, even if it is something like heroin is so passe or whatever, you know, you, you're still kind of connecting. You're just like, oh, this is super fun and super catchy. When I look at like what makes the dandies great, it's when they are, you know, fine and dandy. And that, I think this is a perfect example of that. Well said. And number 67, it's Metallica with the Unforgiven 2. Unforgiven Harder. (laughs) (laughs) It's Unforgiven 2 Electric (laughs) Blue. number 67 in the 1998 Hottest 100, that is The Unforgiven 2. Now, uh, I don't know if you guys know this, but uh, earlier in Metallica's discography, there's a song called The Unforgiven, Uh, and they decided to write a song that is a spiritual successor of sorts, a sequel, if you will, to that song, and they entitled it The Unforgiven 2. And about ten years after this, on their album Death Magnetic, there would be the Unforgiven Three. How can I be lost if i to go?
4: It's almost like a, like a trilogy of some sort. It's all part of the Metallica Unforgiven Cinematic Universe. Yes.
0: <laughs> Halfway through the song, Stan Lee is just there for no reason. <laughs> <laughs> This is a very, very uh, big song for for me. This is uh, my... Again, we've talked about kind of my exposure to Metallica. Like, I think, for all intents and purposes, this was the first Metallica song I heard. It was either this or Fuel. Right. Yeah. I... I'm predisposed to fucking loving this song because of that exposure. Like, I remember this so vividly. I remember the video and, like, seeing those guitars and, like, kind of creating vague understandings of what music is and, you know, those genre semantics and that sort of stuff. Like, oh, this is a bit harder than some of the other stuff on the radio, but obviously they're very, very popular. Oh, they were doing stuff before this? Pretty much every Metallica song we've talked about has been, like pure goatee fucking and this is possibly the of all of them which is funny because I feel
2: like there's more restraint in Hetfield's delivery there
0: is but in a like, way he's yeah, not, yeah 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 but he, he's, he's not going yeah like all, for the whole thing but like even in the way that he sings like, yeah this <laughs> in, 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 uh, the next thing I was gonna say in a, like everything yeah, like, yeah he has
4: a Fucked pronunciation of
0: literally every word in this
4: song. What's is it, that game? Is it in The Simpsons or something where someone says something unintelligible and then they ask them to slow it down and they say it slowly and it's just as unintelligible, just slower?
3: You're a further red arrow.
0: So it's just like that,
4: like him enunciating is still doing all of the things that he does when he's yeah, not about yeah, yeah. standing yeah the thing is the but thing I is you like I
0: should be there when I'm gone you got your fucking vowels all jumbled up, <laughs> <out> my head <laughs> the, the,
1: the funniest part of the song is definitely um, I'm the one who waits for you or are you unforgiven too
0: <laughs> yeah <laughs> oh good
3: wrong, God. wrong credits <laughs> <laughs> like,
0: yeah.
1: look to camera
0: it's, it's so just you it's just me <laughs> yeah. well
2: Unforgiven, three. <laughs> <laughs> so the, but the thing is, like, what I was going to say with the, the delivery, is, like, in a way, the way he tries to deliberately pull himself back highlight how much effort it's taking for him to not be the singer from Fuel. <laughs> 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 and it's just, the whole thing smacks to me so much of just, like, you know, when you're in the... Prison of hypermasculinity, and you're but you're trying to express your feelings like you're trying to be sensitive, and like, which is like and it's and it's kind of sad, like realistically. But like when you do try it and you're not very good at it, it kind of sounds a bit like, it kind this, of like this, you know yeah. what I mean? Like it's like I'm so damaged, and I drink bourbon, I'm so and, twisted,
0: man. Yeah. 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 How twisted can a man get? I just need the love of a good woman
1: to sort me out. It's Hundred percent. Also, um, like <laughs>
0: most you... secretly a lizard that eats buildings. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Ah. <laughs>
1: You know, I remember there was like a big controversy when Motaka cut their hair because <laughs> yeah dude because the metal scene is fucking weird it's
0: um, amazing it's yeah. so dude and they were called sellouts when they made a music video yeah. like that that's yeah. the scene that they come from Yeah, um, they're no it, longer
2: true cult yeah, yeah. They, so they cut when their they hair when they took with Jason
0: Newstead for the first time he got spat on for most of that first tour because he wasn't Cliff and they're just like you know we didn't replace him right you know he like fell out of a fucking bus he's dead we can't play <laughs> with him anymore <laughs> metal. metal
2: fans are not gonna Except someone is not playing because they died.
0: (laughs) That's. That's come on. Yeah, yeah. I've seen the Dio hologram. I know you can play yeah. it a clip if you wanted
2: um, to. They're desensitised to the idea mm. of death,
1: but this yeah. is absolutely like short-haired Metallica at their shortest yeah. <laughs> hair. Yes.
0: Like, oh, <laughs> dude, big time, yeah. big time.
1: I know that there's a, a lineage of Metallica doing kind of ballad work, like power ballad songs, and mm. like they've done many of them before. Nothing there's, else matters. Yeah, know, um, but this can't help but sound like them trying to ape the current like post-grunge environment. I think. In oh yeah yeah like sounds very much like they're leaning to be like. A fuel or a bush or something like that. That kind of like post grunge slow ballad. Oh man, oh, that that masculinity yeah. emotion stuff. But but we can't lose the gnarly guitar tone. Yeah. like it still has to be a Metallica yeah, song. Like, it has to be hard. I'm not sure know? if they are trying to do that because like you look at like one and stuff like that. They always wrote some ballads. Mm. Like every album will have like oh, truly. Yeah, yeah. but yeah, I'm not yeah, sure if yeah. this is them trying to ape post grunge. Sanitarium. Or, yeah, exactly. Right. You know? Like mm. they've always done it, but in the landscape of bands like, like Fuel and Bush mm. and all that like they do sound like they're trying to do that like to remain and also yeah. like all fucking things Metallica have done in the last 20 years god it's too long <laughs> mm-hmm. it's like nearly seven fucking minutes I've right. like, oh, got a plane to catch come on <laughs> like, like all their albums are too long as well they're like 79 minutes or whatever <laughs> Andrew where are you going? what? where are you going? home Whatever. <laughs> he's gone
0: back to the Bahamas yeah. he's got unfinished business yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's it's go prison back. breaks
4: isn't true yeah. hey. yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know if they are trying to sound like mm. they're in the mm. current climate or this is just them or I'm just reading into it too well, a, No,
2: it's an interesting but, point because every other song that we've talked about from this era the one thing that we've kind of said like memory remains in particular we talked about this it's like it doesn't sound like anything it's just pure Metallica. Like, this doesn't fit in with what's going on with rock. It doesn't fit in with what's going on with post-grunge. It's just this weird outlier. So it's interesting for you to actually draw a parallel mm. or be able to with this song, to say, like, oh, no, it actually does kind of sound like bush. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh, Metallica sure fans to love in that. Yeah. It's, 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 it's kind of like a poor man's bush. <laughs>
0: I'm fucking triggered, man! <laughs> <laughs> Fuck!
2: But you have to understand, dear listener, that for Andrew, most music is a poor a man's bull- bull- bush.
1: <laughs> Obviously, this is not for me fucking obviously yeah yeah like this is pantomime Metallica <laughs> <laughs> it's pantomime Metallica yeah
3: it's just behind you he's like <laughs> <laughs> he's like
4: wearing a top hat and yeah, he's, yeah it's like if you can understand the me then I can understand the you <laughs> It's very much a one-man play. He's yeah. <laughs>
1: <Isn't laughs> playing out? all the bits. Uh, I, I was like, oh, I was, I was over <laughs> <that."> <laughs> "Are you Unforgiven too?" It's so funny. You know what
2: it is? No, you know exactly <laughs> what it is. It's one of those one-man shows where James Hetfield has painted one half of him <gasps> as the woman, <laughs> and the oh, no. and he's turning side <laughs> to side. He's gone full two-face. <laughs> <laughs> that they are the true Unforgiven too. Yeah. yeah. Oh. Uh, So many people talking about what this song means in like forums as well. Really trying to dig into it. Never
0: again, never more. It's the (laughs) unforgiven (laughs) four I'm so glad to be alive. (laughs) The (laughs) unforgiven (laughs) fire.
2: Uh, it's almost like it was come uh,
3: get your kicks at the <laughs> book, <give> it six. <laughs> uh, it's,
2: it's almost as if it was some kind of like long entertainment franchise <laughs> maybe some bands aren't about about that maybe, maybe some bands don't don't like that kind of thing
3: Some of those (laughs)
0: bands go to heaven! The Unforgiven Seven! (laughs) (laughs) At number 66, this is Rage Against the Machine with the unforgiven H. Wait, no, sorry, uh, this song's actually called No Shelter. Which you've all been waiting for Rage Against Machine. No shelter from the Godzilla soundtrack! Yeah.
1: Yeah. After the G Man had finished wailing out with Silver chair, he goes over and he's like, What's that coming from that garage over there? He
0: literally
4: lifts like <laughs> the roof off, whoops yeah. in, and sees them jamming, yeah. and he starts like, nodding his yeah. head. I forgot that this movie was a rock or <laughs>
2: Zach Zach holds the mic up to him. He does like yeah. a guest verse. He a guess verse yeah. yeah, yeah,
4: yeah, and it's good. It would be. <laughs> they all do the same when when he was playing guitar and Silverchair. Were like, whoa, this guy can play. And he starts rapping and all of Rage's like, whoa, this guy can rap. Yeah,
2: Godzilla's got a giant cap backwards. It's
0: pretty good, that. <laughs> Matthew Broderick's like, who, who made are We, cap are we, are we
2: he didn't hear anymore. Uh, like. <laughs> So yeah, this Ooh. is released on the Godzilla soundtrack and Fuck yeah, bitch. that is a very interesting part of the story of this song. Is, is it story time? No, it's 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 analysis time.
0: Oh. Uh, not not my, not my favorite time. <laughs> but, uh, tell the story. Go. I mean, sorry, the the anal- Spit the discourse. All right. <laughs> Spit <Yeah>. the discourse! <laughs> Holy
2: fuck! Andrew knows it's analysis time.
1: I know, I have, I have some analysis of my own.
0: So <laughs> please, go it's,
2: it's your favourite time, right?
1: <laughs> yes. All
2: right, so this this is featured on the Godzilla soundtrack. Um, this came between the album's Evil Empire and the Battle of Los Angeles as a single, as an inclusion on in the Godzilla soundtrack, uh, would later be included in the deluxe edition of the Battle of LA. Um, you can find that there. That's where I knew the track because that's the version that I purchased and had right. Right when I was a kid that was the CD I had that's how I knew the song for those who are just joining us I'm a massive Rage Against the Machine fan they were like a formative band they were like you know for for what Friends of Rom were for um, these two jokers ahead of me hmm. um, from the last episode the, that's what Rage Against the Machine was for me Psycho, and, oh,
0: if, you, if this is your first episode I'm so sorry. <laughs> I think I'm, I, I'm genuinely sorry. It's nice I'm a get, bad. I'm a bad person. Nice to get I that out I there. Think, bitch. I think uh, I'm Battle I'm a terrible
1: dinosaur. I think Battle of my favorite radio. Yeah, you've said yeah, that. It'd yeah, it'd
0: be mine too. I'd say.
2: And you know what? I'm gonna go and give it a re-listen yeah, just right. on the on the back of hearing the song again. Yeah, and you just, like, just
1: do it like this. Fucking sucks. Andrew is so dumb.
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs>
1: well, I'll let
2: you know. Um, I'll send you a message. Let me know if
1: I am dumb. Yeah. I'll, I'll just do like an emoji. It'll either be
2: like the shit emoji or the thumbs up. Shaka's emoji. Yeah. <laughs> my, my most used. Yeah, nice. Um, in case anyone was. <laughs> ranking emojis. <laughs> but the song itself is very much targeted towards the entertainment industry. Um, it's got many lyrics there talking about how media distraction is the thing that is stopping people from getting politically motivated from dealing with the real problems that exist in society. I'm glad that we've cleared that all up now. Yeah. Um, Distraction is no longer an issue, um, and people are far more politically motivated than uh, than ever before. And we're getting some shit done. That's why so the world's is like in a such Trojan a good horse, place,
0: in a way. But of course,
2: you know the irony being that it was featured in the Godzilla soundtrack. It was used to promote a massive summer blockbuster. But that is exactly what Zach calls out in the line: "Godzilla, pure motherfucking filler. Get your eyes off the real killer." He is b- promoting movie at the same time as in the lyrics of that actual promotional song, dragging it down. We have ourselves a very interesting case here. Of course, there have been critics who have called out Rage Against the Machine for participating in the whole thing, but in the Journal of Studies in Popular Culture, Jeffrey A. Hall examined the song in an essay that he actually entitled No Shelter in Popular Music, Irony and Appropriation in the Lyrical Criticism of Rage Against the Machine. He wrote, he wrote a goddamn essay on this shit. <laughs> No Shelter demonstrates that the band acknowledges its role in the circular relationship between the text and its commercial context. The song is set forth as a promotion of the film and its soundtrack, and yet it returns as an assault on that very context. Their politically and commercially savvy attack on Godzilla creates the possibility of the very mechanisms that could stifle the impact of their leftist stance to be used to magnify and refract Rage's message through the chain of commercial promotion. Uh, now Tom Morello has also, you know, like responded to criticism in interviews and whatever. And he- he, he's a lot more down to earth in terms of just the nuts and bolts. And he said, like, it gave us an opportunity to flex our musical abilities while we had some downtime, and we happened to get a great song out of that. We happened to get the opportunity and all the rest of it to make this track that we think is a really important track for us and a really good song.
0: I that's guess really surprising. I, I, I've never known Tom Morello to really speak his mind about anything. Mm-hmm. So that's really interesting that he kind of went out on a limb and said that. I would love to talk more about the song outside of this issue
2: but before that i would love to kind of open it up to the group and say like what what do we think about this this whole tension because i mean to me like whether or not i, I take a side it's fucking fascinating that that occurred that this happens and it's a discussion that we can even have in the first place and i think it's like
1: this yeah, it's, it's, it's it's awesome So like when we um talked about uh tub thumping Last season, right? Was, and how, yes, and how that got used to make a car commercial, and then they donate the money that kind of thing, like that. But like at the end of the day, right? There's this idea of like, the, the, like, and it's partly it's a, it might be a naivety um, of the bands who are being politically active or whatever like that. Or I'm not sure what, but this idea that you can kind of like eat your master through like a Trojan horsing a message in this kind of thing like that. But at the end of the day, Sony's the one laughing. They got one of the biggest bands in the world to be on the Godzilla soundtrack, right? the fact that like, like like that scholarly article which I actually went and read after um, oh the was, whole thing yeah yeah um, good read yeah I'll send it to you I've got like a academic hook up oh, yeah, yeah 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 you're um, nice man but um, anyway yeah like it's interesting it's a valid idea to look at the song like that but like in terms of capitalist st- like structure of the presence of the soul on the soundtrack Raging Against the Machine was signed to Sony they were on a Sony label. Sony, at that very time, were surveilling environmental activists and seeing how to stop them. And stopping a- these activists were trying to pass laws that held electronics producing companies responsible for the cleanup of toxic chemicals that contained in their merchandise.
2: But at the same time, like the, it, the being on Sony meant that they could get messages out to so many more people. We may have even have this exact conversation God. about Rage to the Machine prior. This is ringing some bells. But like, they were able to get the message out to so many more people by being on. Sony, so like, I mean, like, is there is there a cost benefit analysis, or you just have to sweep
4: well all that away? Is Sony dead?
2: Well, no, No. but their job wasn't. Reggie's machine's agenda wasn't to kill Sony. It was just to
1: open eyes. I mean, I think think awareness.
2: No, I think their their first their first and foremost was to be a band. Yeah, 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 was to make music. Yeah, but also there was this other political stuff, and I don't think you can like
4: entirely discount. That, or can you? No, no. I, I mean, it's, it's hard. And, like, all these conversations just come down to, like, where you personally want to yeah. draw the line and yeah. wh- ha- what you're happy saying this is not okay. Because, like, sure, like, they got the message out or whatever, but, like, they still got it out through Sony and mm-hmm. a company that is promoting something that's critical of itself benefits by being shown to not be, like, this, you know, totalitarian, right. dogmatic, like... Right. You know, how cool is Sony for, like, putting in a track on the Godzilla soundtrack that actually disses Godzilla? Like, that's so cool or whatever. No one thinks that, like, Rage hoodwinked Sony and snuck in a lyric without them noticing or whatever. Like, Sony and and the movie is cooler for having an awareness of where it sits in a political landscape by including a Rage Against the Machine song that's critical of it. I mean, like, I guess I
2: was assuming that the, the, it got in there somehow without Sony knowing, but of course
4: it did. Of course they knew, right? Yeah. Like, yeah. and and they were like, "This is yeah. cool because like it, it's not gonna hurt. like no one's gonna buy the soundtrack, listen to the song, and then not see the movie. Like it doesn't work like what? that. They've okay. definitely already seen the movie, exactly, right? <laughs> so like the, the, the Sony have like nothing to lose here, and only things to gain. Okay, but I mean, that, that we're talking like levels of
2: circle here. You know, there's, the, there's that where Rage Against the Machine is operating in that lyric. And then there's like, outside that circle is the circle where Sony has awareness of that. But then outside that, potentially, you have the conversation where all these things are evaluated. Maybe what we're doing now is the circle outside of that. And that's the benefit because this is, is the circle of free thought where we are not controlled by... You know, by Sony, by any other invested interests, we we don't have any other ties to anything else, right? Take off that Sony shirt, deep Jesus. (laughs) (laughs) Um,
3: What are you talking about?
2: Yeah, but like that that. But but, and this conversation, this kind of conversation, is going to be the thing that like. Does create the change or does create the awareness? Or, yeah, well, and that's guess, not policed or controlled by anything. It's outside of that.
1: No, but that, like being able to have these conversations is the is like a pure sign of privilege. And this is not so. He's
2: listening to Rage Against the Machine, though. No, I know. <laughs> but, but far
1: more people like, I and mean, this is not me trying to like be highfalutin about like the privilege that we have of being like yes, because we're just like people analysing music, and we get the privilege of doing that kind of thing like that. We don't get pain. No, the, <laughs> the, like the majority of people who will have consumed. Godzilla light level blockbusters and and the soundtracks accompanying them aren't critically engaging with them in a way that requires high level thought. They're they they're they're consuming them as the propaganda in which they're intended. And you, and you think Rage's Machine can't, Well I, I think can't,
2: can't really escape from that.
1: I don't A ride for rage as much as most people do, or they just not like kind of music. Um but and B, I've always been critical of them for for, for saying, saying like like oh we're so free thinking fuck you fuck the man blah 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 and then be signed to one of the biggest media conglomerates in the world you are, they're an employee of Sony
2: yeah and I've always found your point of view on Rage the Machine very interesting because I because I'm, yeah, you come, exactly. from I come from punk yeah like, I come from a, I come from I come from communist thought definitely like whereas like I am representative in terms of like my experience
1: Rage well, the Machine yeah, that's the thing right like of their target of the, the demo yeah. really you know like and the, they, the, I'm like and the thing is like because this. Song I think like is very much a, a, a fair representation of what Rage Against Machine were doing at this point. All mm. their trademarks: the wah guitar, Zach's on fire bangs hard funky bass oh it's all, all all the workings of a very good rage song and it is a good rage song it's a real
2: yeah. yeah I mean we're, we are we, moving moving away <laughs> from that conversation into the actual yeah. the actual song like regardless of you know like the, the Godzilla tie-in or whatever he's on fire he's, he's a great on his, his, some of his bars are sick and the, the, the messages of the song like the kind of things that are talking about um, media distraction from real problems corporations cashing in on social justice as commodity the erasure of facts at the hands of those controlling narratives
0: like like big problems, giant nice lizards eating buildings. Jeez. There is it's no, all there.
2: You know why it's called no shelter? Because Godzilla is just knocking them down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's, <laughs> he's b- yeah,
0: he's picking out all the roofs.
2: But yeah. he's
4: also knocking down some billboards. <laughs> so,
2: yes,
0: um, it's complicated. Yeah.
4: Knocking down some lies. And
2: Your stuff. boy is anti-capitalist, <laughs> and, and especially like in the nineties when you know that the the line talking about uh, make you think that buying is rebelling. Like, that is, that's a really great call out line for, like, the way that so many brands at that time were. T- you know trying to sell, sell like hey kids look at you know, know, the,
0: the extreme cool thing right yeah, yeah, you, you yeah.
2: buy you buy Nikes and you, you're really going to show it to the man
0: yeah um, I mean just- Godzilla was all about that you know <laughs> he donated all of his money from the movie uh, to like you know refugee centres and like lots the, of charities for refugees that he created though yeah, so. yeah, yeah. I mean oh, you know it's the same thing as Rage. <laughs> <was the> <laughs> he's no better
4: he's just they saw themselves in him sorry it's it's Godzilla is female in Godzilla 1998 Mm. I'm sorry Mm -hmm. truly I'm not work oh (laughs) yeah just so problematic that is Mm -hmm. majorly problematic. oh
0: dear
2: Timmy Comerford massive shouts out for doing some amazing bass work in this track maybe some of his maybe some of his best
0: and just It, it literally slaps
2: holy shit the drop at the end where the big riff comes in and it's like Just Stare and Live the Nightmare. I'd forgotten that that was a moment in this song, and it happened. And I was just like, hands up, like silent screaming in my goddamn room when I heard that again. So I was like, I am back. Because the
4: thing about this song, like so much of it, doesn't have a big rage riff. Like it's got some incredible like bass yes. work and and like the guitar and everything, but it's just got like a, a different feel to so much, especially the rage that we've talked about in the countdown so far. Yeah, which are like so often just about that really big riff you know you think about like Bulls yeah. on Parade and stuff like that Definitely. like it's just huge mm. and this song doesn't do that and then right at the end it just hits you with like ah oh, it's great it's a wonderful wonderful it's a Godzilla card. of a riff it is
2: I hurt my throat <laughs>
0: gonna... Did you take that strepsil?
2: Uh, I'm, I'm gonna take it at the end of this yeah good good um, good I'm not gonna be in here and like have
0: an ASMR <laughs> god that sounds like a night out with me <laughs> Thank you, D. fellas oh god now oh, obviously this is fucking awesome. This uh, you know fits the fits the mood. It reminds me of you know my my years in the late nineties, uh, terrorizing cities and trying to make uh, Matthew Broderick's life hell. You know, <laughs> just the stuff we all used to do as kids, man. Like, about Matthew Broderick.
1: Yeah, like it does everything that Rage Against the Machine did so well in this one little song. it's almost it works kind of well that it wasn't on an album. Like it wasn't like it was just a standalone piece of like this is what Rage Against the Machine sounds like. Like every. Everything about it's really good. Got the excellent trademark guitar solo work. The rhythm section's on fire. Zach spins some of his tightest lines.
0: Absolutely,
2: yeah. he does. Yeah.
1: Yeah.
0: That brings us to the end of yet another episode of Hottest 100s and Thousands. Thank you so much for listening. And thanks to G O D Z I L L A Radio for having us once again. That's actually FBI
4: Radio. FBI Radio. <laughs> um, that
0: yes. Yeah. <laughs> Before we get out of here, we are going to pick our favourites, our least favourites, and continue the ever-continuing story of Carryover Champs and Champs. Adam? Yeah? What is
2: your favourite song from this episode? My favourite song is by far No Shelter, and it is now my new champ. Hey, I there you go. Be, yeah. What's your least favourite? Uh, my least favourite would be Unforgiven too. Hmm. Uh, Unforgiven Harder. Um, yeah. yeah, but it's not worse than Brad Van's 3000's Drinking in L.A.
1: No. Mm. Uh, no. I'm with you. My least favourite is Unforgiven to Electric Boogaloo. Mm-hmm. Um, it is the of strike, but not nearly as bad as Drinking in L.A. No. Uh, my favourite of the ep is Dandy Warhol's Everyday Should Be a Holiday, but uh. my champ is still Frenzel Rom, uh. Mr. Charisma. Fair.
2: fair. I mean, like, Dandy's did well for you last season, but they're up no, against... Yes, no, <laughs> no not, not against the, the, the mighty goats? Frenzel. Yeah.
0: yeah. I'm going to give it to Metallica. Fuck it. <laughs> <laughs> my God. man. Um, but uh, my champ remains Stardust. Uh, and my chump remains uh, Brand the Man. But uh, least favorite, I guess just by default, Pollyanna.
4: Favorite, I think I'll give it to Dandies. Yeah, yeah cool. sick. Yeah, yeah. But I'll keep Mr. Charisma as my champ. Metallica is least favorite. Oh... <gasps> <gasps> He's pausing. Nearly, uh, he's pausing. Oh, damn it. He's oh. pausing. He's <laughs> pausing. I want to, but <laughs> Bram Van, I, I think if I listen to Bram Van again right now, which I don't want to do, um, I would keep it. So, which I should, would, you, would you rather listen to less? And keep in mind, the
1: Tiger Long goes for nearly seven minutes. That's the worst would you rather That's ever. That's true.
4: <laughs> there is there is less. <laughs> Bram Van, oh my god.
1: Are you going to lift the Bram Van ban?
4: I'm going to do it. I'm <laughs> going to oh! lift. Metallica oh, is my chump yes. <laughs> oh, holy shit uh, yeah oh. unfriendship ended with brand name <laughs> yeah. now Metallica is my new least favourite first,
0: brand. he's the first one to do it yeah.
4: he's, br- he's closed the loop it feels good well <laughs> it feels a different kind of bad <laughs> that's, that's, what, that's what you want from life yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, just bad. different kinds maybe of bad maybe if I do
0: something else I'll feel like a different kind of bad yeah <laughs> Alright, well, that's gonna do us for now. Until next time, friends, on behalf of Mr.
4: Nathan Harrison. I'm not doing a Godzilla thing, I'm sorry. Coward. Oh, is there a Matthew Broderick line? Like, Godzilla, no! <laughs> no, isn't the whole line, that's a lot of fish? You can have that one. That's a
1: lot of
0: fish. I said Godzilla, no. <laughs> Mr. Adam Buncher. It's a lot of fish. I'm it's Sandra one. McDonald.
1: Godzilla, yes! <laughs> Ally. thanks for <laughs> stopping on that neighbor's house that I hated so much.
4: You're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> now check this roof. <laughs> <laughs> Bow wow. Pick-a-pow. Where is the Godzilla big beat song? <laughs> in time with his footsteps. Tune in next week.
0: Yeah. Next week. My name is David James Young. <laughs> I thought you might say that. <laughs>